Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 502. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding, and who does want to feel outstanding? And I always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we don't have a title yet. but Yeah, I'm we today- do. Oh, we do? Yeah. What is it called? How to Be Yourself. Oh, How to Be Yourself. We do me a favor, Taddy? write that down. How to Be Yourself. Will you turn up my earphones a little bit? I sure. can't hear you. Hello, hello. Now I can hear you. Um, uh, how to Be Yourself. Yes. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so... It's a random, and I want to call it, if I were going to title it, sweetie, uh-huh. it'd be called Random Observations on a Monday Afternoon. About how to be yourself. About how to be yourself. My voice is a little chalky. Is that a good adjective? Eh. I think it's a pretty good adjective. Deep. Um, so I apologize if I sound weird, but uh, it's I got a little bit of a ear, nose, and throat thing going on. So anyway. ENT. E-N-T, Dr. Doshi. He was our doctor, our daughter's doctor, when she got her tonsillectomy. Yeah, he was really good. God, he was such a good doctor. He's from Elmhurst. If any kid and if any parent is listening from Elmhurst and they need an E-N-T to cut out your kid's tonsils, (laughs) um, he's your guy. Because his bedside manner was so good. This is not a a paid promotion of Dr. Doshi. He has no idea. He'll never hear this. But he was so nice. He was nice to Skylar. And, and we both like went out of our way to say how nice he was. Uh-huh. And you remember what he said? He said, that's what I do. No, he's like, isn't it always supposed to be like that? Like, oh, yes, yes, It's yes. like, this is the way. <laughs> like, aren't people supposed to be nice? Yeah, but even doc- like doctors are always so busy and then they're right. running in and running out of the room. And he was present. Well, and it, d- <clears throat> it doesn't matter what we think about it, the the bottom line is, is about three months later, Skylar had to choose someone who was her gold star. And previously her <laughs> gold stars had been like her grandmother, her, you know, her aunt, you know, I think you and I had it once and she chose Dr. Doshi as her gold star. Oh my God. So I sent him that oh, picture. Mm-hmm. We should find him and send him this podcast so we can uh, just make him feel good about himself. That's, <laughs> that's my new plan. <laughs> All right, so here's my random uh, observations. Um, Wait, don't j- jump into your random observations yet. You'll be surprised that I'm doing this, but it's like a. Uh, I'm going to say that anybody listening to Zen Parenting Radio, if you listen to this show, we've probably told you this before in previous podcasts, but we have another podcast called Pop Culturing. We have a third podcast too, by the way. Sweetie. Oh, we do, but let me talk about Pop Culturing for a second. So um, uh, we're on, yeah, that's the music. <laughs> That's our theme music for pop culture. That is. That you just came out of nowhere. How'd yeah. you get that so fast? Because I'm good. Okay. So basically, if you like this show, you're gonna like pop culturing. Um, it you you know, you just go to iTunes or wherever you go to subscribe. Um, because basically we talk about the same things we talk about on this show, um, but we do it through the lens of pop culture, like we focus on a specific movie or a specific TV show. And speaking of, those of you who are watching Big Little Lies, the finale is next Sunday. So today is July 15th. Yeah. And so the finale is next Sunday. And then Todd and I are going to do a special pop culturing about Big Little Lies. Yeah. Did you know that, Todd? It's, yes. It's going to be released a week from Wednesday, which will Correct. be, I don't know, the 20th whatever 20 something so we're gonna and why i'm saying it's special is because we've already taped a ton of pop culturing podcasts but we're gonna sneak that we this have one yet in to be released that have yet to be released so yeah. which ones have been released so far uh so far we have released parenthood stand by me um star is born. a star is born and bridesmaids. bridesmaids and then next week is swingers or but actually we'll probably swingers. oh i thought we we're gonna wait a week no we got to do it every other week sweetie we're never gonna keep up no i think we've it's already coming out on wednesday 
I told Brad every other week. I know. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it right now. <laughs> because if we if our if our audience expects us to be a weekly podcast, it doesn't. We don't. We can do every. We can do weekly for a little bit. I mean, you know. we, we have to have some momentum here. Like I, I oh, even oh, want to. We got to momentum. It. Well, what I mean I'm just is worried that, that we're just gonna. We we have this. This is the way I, work, I look at money. Like okay. we have all these savings, and we don't want to. So spend let's just through. let them sit there, and nobody gets anything. That's like <laughs> let's not, not a spend good, our savings right now. We have a bunch of them taped. We're gonna do big little lies. Let's let's release swingers. Let's not let's not hoard. Okay, can we? They're done. Like by the time we release them, let's some, just release them all right now. Well, no, no, no. we're not going to do that either. All right. Okay, I'll you're. Just, that's like saying, okay, let's just spend all our money. Yeah. Like that's like the total like pendulum thing. Uh, I'm just saying, let's for at least a month. Let's release. You want to go weekly for the rest for the rest of this yeah. month? Yeah. All right. You're the boss. You're the sweetie. You're the CEO of this company. <laughs> Thank you. I am the secretary. That's how I sign all our tax documents because you have to have a. Secretary. I thought you were the CFO. <sighs> Whatever. We're, you're the CEO and I'm the secretary. I just like to be the secretary. I don't want to be the CFO. Well, as the CEO, we're swingers is dropping tomorrow. How cool that? do you feel because you use the word drop? Well, I feel super cool because I'm also wearing my glasses and I just took them off and said that as if like it was a declaration. Yeah. I'm also sitting in a power pose. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, or scump. Okay. So it's funny. You beat me to it. because So for those of you who have heard of Big Little Lies or like Big Little, just even if you're not a subscriber to HBO, but this is a good show. This is a good TV series. Yes. And it's the second season. I yes. missed the first series. The season. season, but I got the second, and it, oh my god, it's so well acted. It's not even funny. Um, so binge watch it between now and next Wednesday. Yes, that's my. But just well, here's what you can do: you can binge watch season one, season two. You can watch up to the fifth episode. The sixth one is next week, so you can't yeah. really binge the second episode. Right, but they'll have Sunday of next Correct. week to be able to hear it. So Correct. just binge it. Okay. And that was my that was my last quick take. So okay, you, so you so can you, go to your other quick takes now. Um, we did a screening last. I wrote notes. And the first note I have, it says, you don't have the note yet. <laughs> That's Bradley Cooper. Oh, thank you. I'm like, I have no, you know, it's like when you wake up from a dream and you write something, you don't know what it means. Oh, you have no idea. I have journals full of quotes that I'm like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. What did I do today? This is a little different, but I walked upstairs yeah. and I looked at you and I go, why am I here? Like, you had no idea. I, but I figured it out. Your mom is laughing right now. I know. I figured out why I was up there. Because I needed towel. a towel yoga for yoga. Towel. How did you know? Did I tell you? You said you you were coming down with the towel. You're like, I needed my towel. Did, I was probably just trying to make myself feel better. You weren't around. You don't have the note yet. I, I wrote that down and okay. I had no idea what it meant. So okay, we so listened to um, a Dax Shepard podcast this morning where he uh, interviewed Kevin Arnold from... Uh, his name is Fred Savage. Let's just call him Kevin Arnold. Let's call him Fred It's Savage. like calling Neil Patrick Harris Doogie Hauser. I know, which I think they would prefer to go no, by their Kevin name. Kevin Arnold, Doogie. Considering that Wonder Years was only like three or four years of his life, and since then he has been an actor, a director, you know, he's got a quite a... Speaking of Wonder Years, a few years ago, I'm like, oh, great family show. Let's. I watched it. I, I'm like, kids, let's watch this because it was funny and endearing. Gather around. Gather you, you rose beds when you may. I don't know, something like that. I don't know. Now what I'm that on means. Dead Poet Society. Okay. So, anyways, but I watched the first episode of Wonder Years ever. Uh huh. And it was heart wrenching. Like yes. the kid died. The kid's brother died in the war. Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And it was awful. Like I thought it was like a funny, lighthearted show. That's what I remember when I was watching it when I was younger. I don't think you understood. And I saw the first episode. I'm like, you know, JC, who was like 
10 at the time, started crying. Aww. I'm like, what am I doing? Got a vet. Got a vet, everybody. Well, here's the thing. That show is a child's life against the backdrop of what was going on in America. I know, but don't you remember it being funny? Like the older brother, what was his name? Wayne? Yeah, Wayne. He's the best older brother. And that dad. I love the that dad. The dad was the best. He would just get so tired. Get so mad. He'd get so mad. There's one episode where the mom, who's like the total traditional 50s mom or uh-huh. 70s mom, and she like cooks and has the apron and all that. Uh-huh. And she's like, the oven's not working. And I'm going to call the serviceman. He goes... I'll get my tools. <laughs> First is, of all, why is that funny? Because he didn't want his wife to call a service technician because the guy's got a box of tools in the garage and he thinks he's going to fix the oh, oven. Oh, yeah. Every, but so I'll do you. Never, no, Todd, no, I don't do that. Yes, you do. You we're wanted so to. so off track. Fix, I, lo- I love this episode. You wanted already. to fix the electrical so- at one point. You're like, we're just going to chop this off. There was something going on with our electrical. I. We, you're being way too ambiguous. There's no way I was going to try to fix electric stuff. There was something going on with a fan or something. A where fan, sure. I could that's fix electrical, fans. my love. It's that's easy, electrical. But that's like a pamphlet. You could like read about how to put in a ceiling fan. Ovens are not something I would want to mess with. Okay. Although I would say I would light the pilot and hope that the gas wasn't on. I know, and you've tried. You've fixed the sink a few times. You're always fixing things. Sometimes it's just generally. Just it's for just, the record, everybody, I suck at fixing things. Well, it's not. It's not. And first of all, I have no excuse anymore. The fact that YouTube exists, it's crazy. You can you cannot understand anything. It's all available. Back in the old days, we had Encyclopedia Britannica. 1977. It, like, it would have been like 1985, and I'd be looking at a 1977 <laughs> encyclopedia. I'd be like, this is really but current. But now I can look at YouTube well, and tell you, you how to do you it. You don't suck at things, Todd. That's not what I, I would say. I suck at fixing things. You give it your best effort, and you are very patient and persistent. But there, you didn't really grow up doing that. So there's like, you you know what I mean? Like you're great. And, and I'm not saying this as a joke at all. Mm. You're great at reading a manual. I love reading manuals. And so like we'll get something new and he'll be like thumbing through it like it's a book. So I really appreciate that because I don't want to do that. But it's not like something, you know, when something breaks, like, a you know, and, and somebody's like, oh, I know how to fix that. I've done that a hundred times. You didn't grow up doing that a hundred no, times. No, my dad was not, uh, he was not a Mr. Fix-It himself. Some people are handy and some people aren't. Speaking of it, my dad is one of the random observations. But um, anyways, Okay, wait, so before Kevin you go Arnold. on, he, Fred Savage, <laughs> and what I want to say about that yeah. is do you know what show that he directs the majority of the time? It's Always Sunny? Yes. Yes, I think How about I that? Yeah. How about... You know, using your Kevin Arnold, he's the director of It's Always Sunny. And for those of you who watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it's pretty crass. Oh, my God. It's pretty tough watch. What it's pretty you, funny. You, you just sent me a video of an episode they did. Um, I forget what it was. But the title of it was Engaging. It was it was the gang. It was a political The gang funny. throws Meryl Streep down the stairs? Oh, that was it. It wasn't political. It was from the... Um, Is that a real episode? No, no, oh. no. It's just someone was using... Because everybody... Um, or not everybody. In the show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it's kind of like how the Friends episodes would be called the one yeah. that, you yeah. know, the one where so-and-so yeah. got away. It always starts with the gang. It's always... The gang does something. Yeah. And so the gang becomes racist right, or the, whatever. It, horrible. Yeah. Like th- that's the thing is that show is just so over the top. But somebody as a joke after watching B- Big Little Lies did oh, a thing that says I get it. the gang throws Meryl Streep down the stairs. Because in it. Big Little Lies, you guys, just so you know, she is the, at this point, the villain. Yes. And I think that will continue because there's so only too. one episode. Shit. So anyway, go through your quick takes okay. quickly. So far, I haven't even started the first one. <laughs> well, do them quick because we uh, have a whole show. 
Um, Bradley Cooper taught Fred Savage. So um, Fred Savage was directing. directing Bradley Cooper, which is weird because I think of Bradley Cooper now as a more famous He was director. directing him in a Kitchen Confidential. I don't even know what it's that means. It's a show that it, he was... And Kevin Arnold, uh, Fred Savage, <laughs> was trying to direct Brad Cooper, and he was like talking Did you just a lot. Say Brad Cooper. Yeah, I call him Brad. It's my guy. I hate to name drop, but B Coops. Yeah, B Coops. <laughs> That's what I call him. B Coops. Come on over. Let's play Dungeons and Dragons. D and D with B Coops. Uh, um, and he and Bradley Cooper was receiving the feedback from his director, Fred Savage. And it was like a paragraph long. It like, took him like 45 seconds to get out. And Bradley Cooper said, you don't have the note yet. And a note, I think, is a term in, this, in the industry saying a note is feedback or... Or a direction, direction of how to do something. How to do something. Like you get notes from the producers, and, you get notes from and the And he directors. said, you need to ha- your note needs to be stated in a sentence or less. Mm-hmm. And talk about like, you know, bring it back to parenting. We lecture for 30 minutes mm-hmm. to our kids mm-hmm. when you should be able to sum it up. Like I've said on the show many times... All your lectures need to be 30 seconds or less. After that, they tune out. Well, here's why. It's not just because it's not like we're counting words. It's that if you are giving a paragraph, you are externally processing your... So basically what you're doing is you're just talking through what you're hoping to figure out. Yeah. You really haven't figured out what you want to say yet. Yeah. You you really... You're not trying... You, you don't have your point. And what Bradley Cooper is trying to say was, give me the point you want to make rather than all your thoughts behind right. the point. Yeah. All right. Second one. Um, we had a young man at our screening last week. Mm-hmm. We screened a movie called uh, The Bystander Moment, and it's about the uh, culture, the rape culture. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was inspired by all of, first of all, we've done these screenings before. We talk about sexual assault and all that, and it's almost always dominated by women. Mm-hmm. And this one happened to be dominated by men. So I was so glad that the guys showed up. Yeah, me too. Because usually the guys don't show up. And the guys, not only did they show up, they brought their teenage sons. And one of the young men who was especially inspirational, I'm not going to no. say his name. I'm not going to say what he said, but it's really hard to be an upstander in high school culture right now. Correct. Because this young man wanted to uh, treat his girlfriend with dignity and respect, uh, with consent about anything, and his peers were just like, did you get any? And it's really hard. It was This this young man indicated to me and the rest of the people that were in the room, it's, it's not easy to be an upstander. Mm-hmm. And he was getting emotional. And I so admire when 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 this shows up this is what i call the mature masculine when it shows up and the fact that he was scared to talk and the fact that he is not the typical guy that's just trying to get action from his female counterparts i was just inspired by him and it it it's that's oxygen for me and i just wanted to say thank you to this young man for doing that and it just fills me up. Yeah, he was great. And we also heard from two guys, uh, one guy who, who's in college, one guy who's going into college, and one guy who just left college. Yeah, it was a great cross-section. And they had really great information about their experience. And, you know, I, I don't know, Todd, I there, what I was going to say is very connected to this. So do, you, do the next Oh, I got more quick takes, sweetie. I know, but can I go into the show a little bit and then we can go back? Can those just be part of the show rather than quick takes? Because I really want to keep going with this This. Let thought. me give you one more quick take, which is connected to this. Okay. As long as you promise to me, we're going back to my quick takes because I got sailboats in my quick takes. I know, but what about the show? Oh, 
sweetie, we're only 15 minutes that's, in. That's what I mean. Like, I love that you have all sorts of quick takes, but I don't want it to get us <clears> off. My other that. quick take is I was watching, my girls were getting ice cream in downtown Elmhurst, and I saw these two young boys holding hands, and I got emotional because I just love the fact that these two young boys love each other, and they're probably best friends. And I said to the girls, whether it's right or it's wrong, that's going to be not okay in their peer culture within a year. Yeah. Or and hopefully longer. Hopefully longer. But I just, I don't know. When I think about why I do what I do, which is I coach guys or I have a men's group, that's why I do it. Because I, I want to participate in the movement of creating the mature masculine. That's it. All that's right. And men and boys and men being able to count on each other and love each other yes. and have companionship. Without being seen as gay. Right. I mean, and, and you know, feel like this is Seinfeld, but that's not an issue. Being gay is not an issue, but there's a lot of male relationships that have nothing to do with sexuality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, if you are gay, fantastic. But there are there are some male relationships that they, they just want closeness, mm -hmm. they want connection, but sexuality is not part of it. Yeah. And this is why it gets so difficult to talk about. Yeah. And this is why even during the, the bystander... Um, uh, movie, it was difficult to talk about because there are, you know, being seen, first of all, I'll say being seen as girly or feminine or as a woman is yeah. the biggest problem, right? Yeah. Like boys don't want to be seen as, as girls. girls. And then the next stage is they don't want to be seen as men who love other men. Yes. Right. So then how do men love men? If those are like the two, you know what I mean? For like sure. you guys are, and when I say love men, it has nothing, nothing to, do to do with, with sexuality. Sex. Well, whenever I speak to groups, I'm like, just so you guys know, I'm a man. I love being a man. I love men. And, you know, depending on where I am, that comment gets Snickers. Of course it does. Because people Not don't say that. Not the candy bar, by the way. I know. People don't say that. And that people, and we, and so the the issue about sexuality and about how people who identify LGBTQ, that's a whole nother story and challenge that we have. And then the other challenge that we have is if men, if the worst thing they can be is a girl or a woman, what does that tell them about girls and women? Damn right. So these are all layers of challenges that we have. But from what you're saying, you're trying to say, I wish men could just love other men and not have it be a challenge in our society. To that end, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to start the podcast officially <laughs> okay. after I say that okay. my tribe men's group is virtual. What we do is we connect men to support one another and give the tools to live longer, better lives. So if you're interested, go to tribemensgroup.org uh, or I'll put it in the show notes. You can just click on it from, from your phone. So that's it. Okay, so I wanted to go off of what you were saying about um, the discussion around um, somebody speaking up who is in high school about how they feel when other boys or men either make fun of them or question their manhood by saying, did you get any? Mm -hmm. And that you were saying it's really difficult to be an upstander. It's really difficult. You know, again, Todd and I are like kind of using bystander and upstander as synonyms, um, but they're bystander the reason bystander you're witnessing something happen an upstander is when you you interrupt whatever's happening with whatever well and then this is why i was challenged by jackson katz's movie oh, okay. title because he called it the bystander moment right because nobody knows what a upstander is right 
but this is why I'm, I was saying I'm using them synony- you know, as synonyms because I do know there's a difference. But people really, the bystander moment, what he was talking about was talking about being an upstander. Yeah, don't, don't be think? a bystander. Correct. That's what I got out of it. Ah, okay, okay. Don't be a bystander. He So basically... Be an upstander. Okay. But then shouldn't... Disrupt we, the system. Shouldn't we call it the upstander move, moment? Yeah, but I'm not going to... Should we call Jackson Katz? I'm not going to dog Jackson Katz. Well, we get, I'm not one, dogging one of these days, we got to get him to that conference. We're, I'm not going say. to dog Jackson Katz ever. I just am. It, it, this is. Why I hear you. It's it's, it's a weirdly placed uh, title, right? Or a weird title to us because to the way us. we talk about it. Right. So anyway, going back to that, one of the discussions that came up that I wanted to talk about, and this happens to be connected to the title, "How to Be Yourself," is that one of the men in the group was talking about um, how we have to speak up and stand up mm. as men. And, um, you know, and I, and of course, everyone agreed and, and I agree 100%. But one thing I wanted to throw out, especially for the, um, the young man who's in high school who was, who was saying, I struggle with this because I have my friend relationships that mean a lot to me. I have my relationship with my girlfriend, and it's very hard to go against your own friends. Right, because he'll socially get destroyed. Correct. And this is the this is the important thing, is I think that the, you know, that standing up and being, as you would call, warrior energy, you always say that when yes. you're talking about people standing up, it is not always safe Should for we define people. what warrior energy means, or you think people know? Well, it just... Strength... Yeah. Interruption, do it. Don't worry about consequences. Just full force, go at it. Or as, you know, our friend said at the presentation, he's like, sometimes things get messy with warrior energy and you got to disrupt and you got to do. And that being able to do that in itself is a privilege. Mm -hmm. Because if you feel that you can do that and maintain physical safety and emotional safety, then you're, you're, that's a privilege. And I'm not saying you're privileged and I'm pointing my finger and saying you're bad. I'm saying not everybody can do that. And I think that sometimes we blame children or women in so or me, our kids. Yeah, or right. our, our kids. kids. What I'm pulling together, I'm gonna to pull together three different things. This this young man who stood up and said, This is hard. Mm-hmm. A lot of men or women would push back on him and say, You have to speak up to your friends and tell them to not be sexist and tell them to not be misogynistic. And my statement would be, do you remember high school and how difficult that is? Number two, when our children come home and say, someone's either bullying me or someone's bullying my friend. And we say, you have to go stand up to that bully. You have to go tell him him or her, this is not okay. Do you remember what it's like to stand up to a bully when you're in school? And then number three, a woman is being, we'll talk about big little lies again. A woman is being abused. She's being, um, you know, in a domestic abuse situation. Um, Maybe she has children that she has to protect. Maybe she's not working and she has a partner or spouse that is kicking the crap out of her. And you say to her, you have to stand up to that person and go to the police. Mm -hmm. That's not easy. And I don't mean easy emotionally. I mean, you, you have kids, you have no, you know, income, you... So my point in saying this is not to say, okay, then let's not do anything, but we have to consider how this can be disruptive to people's lives and how that has to be taken into account that sometimes they have to get through a situation before they can speak up about it. Same as somebody who has been 
you know, uh, you know, we've talked plenty about sexual assault on this show. Sometimes people will step forward four years later, five years later, 20 years later, and someone will say, well, that's ridiculous. Why didn't they do it when they, when it happened? Yeah. Maybe because they were 12, maybe because they were 16, maybe because they were a single mom at a job and couldn't lose that job. Maybe it's because that person was still in their life. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's because that person had power over them. We, we, we sometimes come at things like with amnesia. Or a lack of understanding. Yeah, I would say amnesia or a lack of understanding or empathy. And so, and I'll even say the man's name. So the one guy who said, sometimes things get messy, which is warrior energy, is my friend Eric. Right, who we love, who's a great ally. He's one of my most dear friends. Absolutely. And what he he even said in in a follow-up email as a result of an exchange regarding the screening, he said... I now realize it's just very easy for me to say that because I'm a white straight male and I hold the power and the privilege in the situation. So that's why I love Eric because he looks at certain situations as what do I have to learn from this? So that's one thing that he learned from is like, it's of course it's easy for him and that's just his personality. And what we talked about is we try to give this other young high schooler tools to cope. And sometimes, uh, that's you know, not warrior. The warrior energy. isn't going to work. Right. You're going to get killed if you bring warrior energy. And maybe not physically, but emotionally socially. and socially. Yeah. So let's get. So what I invited him to do is, you know, and I don't know if it was him or another person in the audience said, instead, just ask questions like, oh, why would you make a comment like that? And, and how you say it is important. Or, you know, so sometimes, so there's a lot of different ways of approaching it. And this happens to us every day. One of my own friends who was observing some misogynistic behavior in the workplace, he didn't like confront the man in the moment. He went to his office afterwards. Thought about it. Thought about it. Mm-hmm in a very calm way and they had a really healthy exchange so if he would have came at him in a warrior energy it would have gone sideways so quickly and we have to remember this with let's talk about parenting when something's going on with our child at school or with a friend or with a, a part you know someone that they partnered with or a girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever it may be that sometimes when they tell us something is going wrong or that they're that someone isn't treating them well we we expect them to be like superheroes we're like why didn't you speak up why didn't you, you know, tell them you won't accept that? Why would you let people treat you that way? And it's like we've completely forgotten what the culture of school is like. Our children have to go to school every day to an environment that they didn't choose, in a classroom they didn't choose, in a school most likely they didn't choose. And when I'm saying they didn't choose, I don't mean they're not grateful. I just mean these may not be the people they would always surround themselves with. You know, sometimes you sit next to someone that you may not ever know how to speak to. And I don't, and again, what I mean is personality wise, it may be challenging. Of course. And yet we're telling them in this kind of difficult situation, we want you to stand up and speak up and be this like, you know, and we make movies about it all the time. You know what I mean? It's always glamorize like, it we or glamorize Hollywood it. it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it's not possible because there are kids and adults who can do that. And, and it is inspirational. Mm. Um, it's not that that's not valuable. What I'm saying is there's a lot of other ways to help our kids in that situation. Warrior energy is one way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our kids just need to get through. Yeah. Like they need to diffuse things with humor. 
and they need to maybe back up from a situation or walk away or say no to something so they don't have to deal with it. We can't put the weight of the world on our children's shoulders and say, you need to solve all of this. When sometimes in our own lives, we are unwilling to tell our neighbor we're struggling with, you know, their fence, that we're unwilling to ask our boss for a Well, that's what I was going to say. The fact that you're like, we don't have to go back in time to remember how hard it was in school. Yeah. We as adults who are pretty safe and have a fully developed prefrontal cortex struggle with this on a daily basis. Every day. But it's easier to tell our kids, kids what to do instead of us taking responsibility for the circumstances that happen in our life where we can bring some change to a system or whatever, and we choose not to do it. Instead, it's just easier to tell our kids to do it. And what I want to make sure that I I think I've said this, but because we keep going round and round, is it doesn't mean you don't do anything. It just may mean we may need to figure out other ways to support our kids. Oh, and every personality is different. Some kid would love to be a warrior. Other kids need to be clever or use jokes or, or humor, humor or just ignore. Or, or maybe the best thing you could do is just walk away from the situation. Yeah. Like whatever. There's so many different ways to approach it. And I feel like this is like a, this is a presentation we should kind of sift out and give at some point because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is what would help kids is like, there's so many different ways to approach these intense situations. And the only one we're being taught is you got to stand up and fight. Right, exactly. And that, thank you. That's, that was said so beautifully because that's what I want kids to understand. First of all, parents have to understand this so they quit pushing their kids in the one direction. Yeah. But ask your kid, what would work in this situation? Like when your kids come home and they tell you either someone's not being nice to me or I'm struggling because my friends are saying things that are making me uncomfortable or it could even be about a teacher. Like I don't, because a lot of times parents will say, you walk up to that teacher and you tell them, really? Mm. Come on. Like, do you do that? You know? And so what I want to say is that we can say to our kids, what do you think would work? What do you think, what is the, you know, let's use some, some really simple language so we can think about it in just the most basic form. What's the next right thing to do? Like, would it be to get some help from another adult? Would it be to just, you can talk about it with me and you can process it at home and you just kind of got to get through the year? You know, like, you know, all of my kids have had difficult teachers or difficult coaches where the decision has been made that they don't want to quit and we're not going to have some big sit down with the coach about anything, but we're going to figure out how to get through the year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that may be all we can do then. Now, when all that's over, maybe then we can go back and say, here was the situation that we had. Do you see how it doesn't mean that we never speak up? It may not just be the safest moment. And, And while some people will say, oh, that's so weak, like, why not? You have to remember that for for children, for anybody, I don't care your gender or your age, it may not be the right time. Well, and one kind of phrase I think about a lot, and it, it, it's appropriate in many situations, but even this one, sometimes good enough is good enough. Absolutely. Like, okay, maybe your kid doesn't have the wherewithal to stand up to a bully or whatever the case is, and all they do is diffuse with humor and walk away. That's some. That, that's good enough. That's a skill. Yeah. It's funny because I listen to a lot of, uh, you know, I listen to a ton of podcasts about entertainment. So I hear a lot of different interviews with, you know, um, comedians. Mm. And a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, that's how they got through life is if it be in their own home or if it be in their school system or if it be just in the world, they learned how to make it through with humor. And that is a skill set in itself. Not everybody is like on a horse with a, you know, 
I'm picturing a warrior on a horse. Like not everybody. You mean like a knight? Like a knight, yes. Not no, warriors <laughs> typically don't uh, have horses, sweetie. Okay, whatever. You got to refresh your D&D no, days. Not everybody does that. Like the way I diffuse <clears throat> is I'm a good question asker. Mm-hmm. Like I've always been able to engage someone in a conversation so things never get heated. I can't think of heated conversations I've been in. I mean, you know, I'm sure there has been. You and I have probably had them, but I don't, I don't even let things go that way. If someone says something to me that's offensive, I ask a lot of questions. So interesting because I just had a flashback to my Dungeons and Dragons days. And and when you create a character, you you can be one of many different types. Uh And one is called a magic user, which is a magician. One is a warrior. I think they called them fighters back then. One is a cleric, which is a healer. Um, One is a, uh, a thief, which was like kind of a clever thing. So it's funny, like... We're all trying to fit our kids into the fighter mode or the warrior mode. Correct. And we're all different people. We can we can express who we are in so many different ways. And a lot of times when we're telling our kids to be warriors, it's because we don't have the guts to do it ourselves. And that's the thing is we and we're uncomfortable with their uncomfortable situation. Sure. So we're like our job is to get comfortable with their discomfort. Correct. And to help them manage the discomfort rather than to override the problem. Because we're so uncomfortable that we tell them, fix it, fix it. And not only that, but even the way sometimes the kid will say, Well, I'm not gonna do that, I'm gonna do something different. And then we'll ask dis we'll act disappointed or that we're ashamed of them. Mm. We'll be like, Well, wow, you you really don't know how to speak up for yourself. Like I, and I say this because I have so many parents, I mean, literally, I mean, even on the street, stop me and ask me things about, you know, my kid is not asking the teacher for help. My kid is not telling their friend they're tired of them hurting their feelings. My kid is not, you know, asking the coach if they can be on the other team. I know that can be difficult for you as a parent, but when you only give them one route, which is stand up in that energy and you just bulldoze your way in, that may not fit their moment, their personality, their social situation. Instead, you can say to them, okay, the goal is to have the coach know that you want to be on the the higher up team or the bigger team or whatever it may be. How can we go about that? What are some ways? And if you can't do it now, do you think it'd be a better idea in the spring? Do you think maybe you start this conversation in email? Like instead of dictating, we have conversations with our kids about how to make this work and honor if in that moment they still need some processing time. Just like your friend who went back to the office and thought about it, Mm -hmm. you know, he went back to the office and thought about it and then had a conversation the next day. Yeah. Some kids need to think about it for a while. Sure. Like I have thought that certain issues have just died. Like things have come up with our kids where we've talked it through and I've been like, you know, maybe go in this direction or maybe choose this. And they've been like, okay, I'll think about it. And a few days go by and I'm like, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and I kind of am like, okay, this is over. And then two weeks later, they're like, okay, I sent the email. Mm. They did it in their own yeah. time. And I know parents don't trust this, believe me, because they'll say to me when I'll give a story like this, they'll say, but my kid won't do that. Yeah. You might be pleasantly surprised. And, and they may not. And be open to the possibility. That Be open to it. That's a good way to say it because I can't guarantee you anything. Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee if you lay off a little bit, it gives them room to have a <sighs> new possibility. Are you turning me down when you do that? No. 
Just turning you? me down. Okay. Todd coughs and then he does something and I'm afraid I'm that- shutting down my mic. Ah. How do you know that's your mic over there? Because I'm mic number one, you're mic number two. I guess sweetie. you're the don't, producer. Don't mess with me. I was going to say, you're the producer. I know what's going on. Can I talk about our partner of the week? Sure. Uh, well, Did you just say, don't mess with me? Don't mess with the producer. Oh, okay. Don't mess with the and best. And don't mess with me. Because the best don't mess. So Welcome is our sponsor for the week. And uh, what they do is they sell a kit to help you- your kids who come home with lice. And I thought of an interesting thing to kind of communicate this, okay? Okay, I can't wait. But it's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. What about the shoes? No, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. Do you know who that is? That is uh, Spike Lee. And Michael Jordan. MJ. That's right. Um, so it's not the shoes. It's the comb. It's got to be the comb. We should help Wellcomb do It's got to be Todd, the comb. That's really... I don't know that's if that's good. It's got to be the comb. Because a lot of people, a lot of parents think that the way you counteract lice is with chemicals, sweetie. It's about the comb. It's all about the comb. All right. Those chemicals aren't good for our kids' heads anyways. So this is what you need to do. Okay. If a kid comes home with that note from school or a note from summer camp, go to Wellcomb. Let me get the website correctly. Uh, Wellcomb.com. Or if you live near a Dollar General Lice, uh, Dollar General, go and they sell them there. They, there's do- the Dollar General Lice? No. I was going to say. Lice for of. a dollar? <laughs> I love the dollar store, by the way. Oh, I know. You know the cheater glasses you get at Walgreens for like uh-huh. five bucks? Uh-huh. They have those at the dollar store for a dollar. Really? Why are we spending... Are you sure they're a dollar? Not everything at the dollar store is a dollar. I have never gone into a dollar store and not seen that everything is a dollar. Maybe it's the type of dollar store I was in because okay. there's a million different types. Okay. But the only ones I've been to, everything in there is a buck. Huh. You know the one thing I do get at the dollar store, which I think is very helpful, um, is wrapping paper. Yeah. Because like it's wrapping paper. We're going to rip it. Yeah. So why are we spending $7 on wrapping paper when you can get it? And we have dollar stores all over. I know. Okay. They should be sponsoring the show. I know they should. Okay. So are we going on? We are moving on, my darling. Okay. So um, what Todd and I were just talking about in regards to the screening and everything with, you know, speaking up with your own energy and as a parent respecting that your child has their own way of going about things and that they may need their own time in figuring out how they want to do it, that they're not on your schedule and they may not have your strengths. They may not have your weaknesses. They may be a completely different person who has to figure this out their own way. And as parents, it is our job to support our children in being their full selves, not in becoming like us, but in becoming who they are. So we ask questions and we help them figure out what feels right in their system, like what is... um, the right thing for them. And I think the reason why this is so important is I kind of wanted to take it to a more general level here is that if we do that with our children, where we ask them questions and we give them the space and we consider what they're telling us, that muscle in them grows stronger. And as they become young adults in college or as they are in their 20s and they're going through times that can be a little more trying, like I think that for as much, I mean, I know you and I always talk about we loved college and our 20s were so fun, but it really is a scary time. Mm -hmm. When you really think back, you don't know... you know, you don't know what's going to happen in your life. You may not have a job yet. You may have been fired from a job. Your relationships may be kind of changing your friendships. It's a very volatile time for as much as it can be fun. And it can be very difficult to remain yourself. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And and when I say remain, it's confusing time of our lives. And when I say remain yourself, some kids don't even know their self yet. That when did you know yourself? I think in the thirties is when we started to figure it out. See, here's the thing, Todd. I this is real. This is a always a challenging topic for me because I. When I say this, let me get through this sentence before you question me. I always knew myself, but what I did was go against myself. See, like when you're like, how did you know yourself? Or when did you know yourself? I knew myself when I was a kid and I could feel when I was betraying myself, but I thought I was supposed to be betraying myself because everyone told me I would, not everyone, I would hear that I was doing it wrong. Can you give us an example? Oh my God. Do you want me to go through every year of my life? No. Like if it be like, um, I want to play, I want to do imaginary play. And then in school, it'd be like, we don't do that anymore. Now we're focusing just on spelling tests. Mm. Or it'd be like, um, oh, I have an idea. You know, I have a good idea for this play. Or I have, and when I'm saying play, like theater, I have a good idea. Or no, that's not how it's done. We need to follow the book. Um, I have, you know, where do you want to go to eat, Kathy? Um, this is where I want to go to eat. No, nobody likes that. People only like this food. Oh, okay. I didn't know people didn't like that. Um, what's your favorite color? Um, it's yellow. Oh, yellow's ugly. Girls like this color, not yellow. Mm. Like I'm making all this up, right. but my point is we're constantly being told that what we like or who we are either isn't good enough, not the same as the people around us, or that we're not going to make it in life if we go by what feels right to us. So I think there's two things going on here. One is I totally hear you and I agree with you. I do feel like you had a better sense of self than I did. I can't speak for the rest of the people listening, but <clears throat> I feel like I didn't start feeling comfortable in my own skin or even knew who I was, what I want to do, you know, what my makeup was until after my amazingly fun yet very toxic 20s. But I feel like you always had a better understanding of self than most of the rest of us. Like, you know, you're reading Wayne Dyer books when you were 12 and your parents thought you were, I don't know. No, 16. Oh, 16. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you waited a little bit. Um, so anyways, I don't know. I don't know how I got on that tangent. So, and so even, so, but, but let's put ourselves in the same category in that you're right. Like there were things that I was thinking about looking at and the pain I felt in life was usually about the fact that I knew I wasn't a certain way, but I was either pretending to be, trying to be, or feeling ashamed that I wasn't. Yeah. And I think all of us have a level or layer of that sure. where, and, and still to this day, to this day, like you and I have conversations about, you know, we'll go be with groups of people if it be in work or if it's friends or whatever. And we have to continue to maintain ourselves around other people. Like it's so easy to fall into either old patterns, bad patterns, or people pleasing patterns that we lose track of who we are. Well, my example always is when I, my college buddies for yeah. the most part, when we go, when we get together once a year, twice a year, we we behave as if we did when we were when it was nineteen ninety two. Correct. And which is we, it's a weird thing. Like I don't agree with it. I I find myself not longing to do that much anymore. But it is uh, it, talk about repetitive patterns. Like we are not attracted to what's best for us. We're attracted to what is comfortable for us. And what's comfortable for me and five other guys from college is to drink. Like we are 22, even though we're 47. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I do. And we can, in those situations, and this is this like really, this is, you know, this is what I enjoy talking about on this show is this nuanced understanding of this because 
I was also talking before about, you know, sometimes we're not ready to do things or change things. And sometimes we are going to people please just to get through a situation. And then at the very same time, I'm talking about, you have to be yourself and stand up for yourself and, and speak what you know. Um, but there's times and places for that, that sometimes for me, I can be in a situation and be like, I know I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. or this doesn't feel like me, but I don't need to like stand up and be like, this is not right. I am against this. I can just listen and know in my heart that I am either not not going to contribute to it or I am not going to agree or whatever it may be, but I don't have to, I don't have to be angry. I don't have to cause a, you know, a disruption, a, a public disruption, I can just be very in tune with myself mm-hmm. and be like, I can listen to this conversation or be a part of this, but not necessarily agree this is for me. Right. And we all have to learn how to do that because we all live in a community, in a world that we don't all have the same value system. We don't have the same you know, uh, background. We don't have the same education. We don't have the same experiences. So we have to be able to be with people who we may not agree 100% and yeah. respect them as human beings, and but also simultaneously respect ourselves. So, you know, this podcast, we called it, even though we've been all over the place with it, how to be yourself. And how to be yourself is just, you know, it's just a funny thing to say, how to be yourself. How to remembering who you are and what you believe and honoring that and then navigating each situation depending on what's happening and what's best in that situation. Really every Every person you meet, every new day, every new class, every new job, it's going to be a little different. And I think sometimes when we come to the table with absolute views, this is who I am, this is what I say, this is what I do, or the other extreme, which is I have no idea who I am, I'm a chameleon, I become whatever anybody wants me to be, that's not good either. We have to find that nuanced place in between where we know who we are, but we can monitor and assess a situation and what is necessary dependent on our personality. So I'm, I think I'm going to say something that is in alignment with what you're saying. Okay, please. Um, First of all, how to be yourself. That's what we're titling this podcast. So how do you be yourself? Um, First of all, the first thing I would say is you're not going to be yourself a hundred percent of the time. Like we wear masks, we, we modify our behavior our whatever it is, depending on the situation we're about to walk into. And depending on cultural norms. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing. Correct. One is, so we're, you're, it would be, maybe there's Buddhist monks sitting on mountain, mountaintops that mm-hmm. are themselves 24 mm-hmm. seven, but most of us, you know, normal human beings, typical human beings are not. So I would say the wisdom is when you can pause for a second and figure out when you're out of balance. Yes. When you're not being yourself. Right. And to, so, you know, every day, every week we have experiences where we're like, wow, this isn't a lot, this is not in alignment with what I believe in. And I feel like I'm losing myself a little bit. And it could be these like micro examples or something really big. So I think the trick is to know that you're going to drift away a little bit. Right. And, and the trick is to going to be recognizing when you're drifting. That's all. Exactly. And my goal always is to maintain like what I kind of what I've always written down for myself is I want you, my partner, my husband, my, my best friend, my children, my, my parent, my mom, uh, my sister, my best friends from high school, my best friends from college to know the same person. 
that's what that's always my goal. People who listen to this podcast, if you meet me, yeah, I don't want you to. I mean, I can't guarantee what you're going to think. I, I can't sit here and say, well. I absolutely know what you're going to think about me. But if you met me in person, I'm no different than I am on this show right. as I am no different with my, um, it, when I say no different, I might have different conversations with Todd than I do with you. But as far as like my belief system, what I'm, who I am internally, the energy that I carry, it's my hope is that it's the same. There are situations I can tell, this is the self-betrayal thing I was talking about before, Todd, about when I was a kid and I could feel it. I can tell when I'm in a situation where I'm not being myself. And like, I remember uh, hearing, I think Oprah said that what she can't stand is when she is with someone who maybe is pretending or lying or, you know, trying to make you believe something that isn't true, you almost become like them. Mm. Because if they're telling you a lie... You you almost have to, even if they don't think they're lying, you have to kind of go along with it. Or if they're telling you a joke that's horrible, you have to laugh at it. And when you're with someone who's being insincere, it almost makes you insincere. Mm -hmm. And that can be challenging. Like, it's like a biological, sociological kind of almost default that it, happens. It is. It is. What did we, what was that show conformity. we did? Conformity. Conformity, but then it was called, it was, we did a whole show about it. Remember the NPR thing about non- Congruent, oh, incongruent behavior. Incongruent behavior that whatever somebody's doing in front of you, or you tend to mimic. Mm -hmm. Like when Todd is talking to me and he's talking really, really fast, I will start talking yeah, really, really fast. Unconsciously. Correct. And so we end up, depending on the situation we're in, like when I'm with, I was with my college girlfriends this weekend and we talk louder, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because all of us are like, there's so many of us and we're like trying to give a story and we're laughing and we're talking louder. And that's not normally how I would talk, mm -hmm. but it's a different scenario. It's a situation. And I'm not calling that good or bad. Yeah. It's just, we tend to mimic the behavior that we're, we're being- We're human chameleons. Exactly. But the chameleon part, yes, like I agree that we, the, this is where it gets all nuanced, is that we are chameleons and we tend to adapt to an environment. But even while we're doing that, the next layer is, can we still maintain ourselves self -awareness. while adapting to an environment? Right. That's, yeah. Uh, are you practicing self-awareness? Can you do that? Um, this is kind of tangential, but what's cool about this podcast yeah. is, you know, I don't know how many people listen to this. I think we get about 6,000 listens per episode. Why are you going down 1,000? It's always been like much more than because, that. Because, I don't know, it's it fluctuates. Let's just say that. Six, six or 8,000. I don't know. Well, the only reason I say this, because like, it was like when you were like, no, we've been doing this seven years. <laughs> we've been doing this like nine I years. I don't know. I, I don't pay attention to what the actual number is. Got I'm it. just guessing. Um, what's weird about it is you and I are in our basement right now. Right. And we feel obviously very comfortable with one another. And um, so I think what I'm saying is what's cool about listening to this podcast is this is as, almost as close to my natural state as is versus if I'm with my buddies or if I'm at the men's group or if I'm at work, I'm going to wear, I'm going to be playing some type of role. Sure. But in this, I'm just kind of like bringing some awareness to this situation. You and I are sitting across the table from one another with a couple of mics in front of us, but this is about as close to who I am without trying to be anybody other than myself, which is kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah, this is our natural habitat. Yeah. This is our mm -hmm. most like... Even uh, though even we're in a situation where there's X amount of people that are, are, are listening to our conversation, which is weird. It is, and, and this is a good baseline 
for you, for me, that when I do go teach a class or I'm with my college students or I'm talking to my kids in the car, that I know what my baseline is and I can feel when I'm being something other than what I am. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, occasionally we do that. Like it's not something to be ashamed of. I don't beat myself up if I say stupid things because I'm trying to like be socially funny or appropriate. Like that's called, like you said, it's called being human, but we kind of have to have a place, a home base, right? And my home base or my natural habitat is this. Mm-hmm. So when I'm talking with other people, I try and remember this home base so I don't allow myself to be swayed either to the point of where I'm going to be like some kind of aggressor and make sure everybody thinks like me or to the other extreme where I lose myself and become like the person I'm with. It's like, how do you find that place in between? And and I know that Todd and I aren't giving like a, oh, here's the top 10 ways you can do this. Right. It's not like that. You You have to know your home base. Um, you have to know, you have to hear who you are and listen to those like, Ooh, this isn't who I am or, Ooh, that didn't make me feel good. You have to practice being yourself to have this muscle so you you can flex, that that you you can flex. So this is going back to the parenting part. This is what I mean about when your child is struggling somewhere and you're giving them a ton of advice of how they should do it. This is an opportunity for you to ask them, how would you do it? What is your home base? What feels natural to you? And maybe some of it has a layer of anxiety and fear over it. Well, welcome to being human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because some kids will, or some parents will say, but my kid's so anxious and they're so anxious. Well, maybe part of the reason they're anxious is they're worried about how to respond to you about it too. Like there is anxiety that is based in school and their own maybe natural anxiety they came into the world with and the pressure that's on them. But maybe one of the places we can alleviate the pressure is that they have to be something specific for you. Well, and I would say to parents, first of all, I probably project some anxiety onto my kids, so I'm not preaching, but I think our job when dealing with an anxious kid, as long as it's like typical anxiety, nothing like diagnosable, is your work is, can you be calm in the midst of their anxiety? Right. Are you modeling what it is you hope your kid is able to somehow cultivate? Like that's the work. Instead of like, how do I get my kid to quit being so anxious? It's how do I become less anxious so I can support my kid? That that You said it better than I just said it, where I'm not, this isn't a blame thing, like parents are causing the anxiety, but let's take our anxiety out of the equation so we can just deal with yeah. how they feel. Right. Because most of the time we are so worried about, I actually had just had a really good conversation with one of my girlfriends this weekend. She was concerned about something with one of her kids and she was like, you know, what if it's this? What if it's this? And she was talking about possibly doing testing and this and this. And, and I said, why don't, Let's let's not pathologize this. Yeah. Like this experience that that your kids having. Yeah. Let's just take your own concerns and anxiety out of it, and let's not pathologize it, and just see if maybe they but, understand. But you can't decide to do that. You gotta live it. Like, okay, I'll not be anxious. Like, you have to experience calm, or you have to practice you it. To, but, but my point is, like, somebody might hear this and be like, okay, I'll just. Decide that I'm not going to be anxious. Right, that's it. Doesn't work that way. You're right. You're right. Because our kids are sponges and they'll feel our our stuff. Right. Um, Because what you're saying is they may then change their word choices, but their energy, their internal energy, which is what their kids pick up on, is still that way. Right. Exactly. So guess what? This all goes back to Todd. This will be a shock for our audience. Dragons. No, and not to uh, Kevin Arnold either. It goes back to 
self-awareness. And what Zen Parenting Radio is, is it's not about your kid. It's about you. Not you in a blame, shame way. Not you in a way of that you it's all on your shoulders or that it's all your fault. That's not what it is. Remove all that so you can get to know you. Who are you? What feels right to you? What do you like? What, you know, and I always say, to people when they're trying when you know they're trying to make these big decisions about where their kids should go to school or whether or not they should separate from their partner or whether or not they should have another child or whether or not they should move to a different city when they're so overwhelmed I want to be like what's your favorite color mm-hmm. do you know that yeah. do, do can you feel your favorite color what's what's the thing that you do you like sunsets or sunrises do you like mountains or beaches. And I'm not saying that to be like general or distracting or distracting. Do you feel yourself? Can you feel what those answers are for you? Because if you can practice those things like, should I move here or stay here may have, you may get a better feel. Mm -hmm. You may, and I'm using the word feel because it may not come in the form of a thought. Mm -hmm. See, we think we're going to get all these answers through our brain. And I believe our body and our feelings give us a lot more answers. We just don't want to look at it a lot of the time. Right. You know what I mean? I wrote in my um, in my book, I actually wrote this about you. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Okay. So I was talking about how someone that I had um, previously dated or someone that some people really liked that I dated, it was like all these things on paper were really perfect, okay? Like all these things that you're supposed to check, like work and, you know, maybe family connections or connections in the city. Nice car. Or nice, yeah, I don't even know if car was part of it. But all these things that people around me felt were good things. And I, in my body did not feel comfortable. Mm. Like I knew I could look at the piece of paper and look at this person and be like, okay, all these things are here, but I don't feel comfortable. And then you and I had such a interesting history that we broke up so many times that when you finally asked me out, um, so do we need to go see rounders? We need to go see rounders. Will you go on a date with me? Actually, you didn't say that. You said we should probably go on a date or something. Mm. Sounds was... very Lloyd Dobler-esque. <laughs> see you around, maybe. You had actually gotten out of my car, walked away, came back to my window and said we should go on a date or something. Yeah, that's very romantic. It was. I loved rounders. it. I was happy. Um, but And a lot of people around me were like, oh, I don't know if well, that's because a good she choice. Saw you, they saw you get hurt. They didn't want to see you get hurt again. But my, But my internals were so comfortable with you, I just liked you. You had an intuition. You had a North Star. You you had something that felt right. And that is and that is a example just with you and I because people are listening to you and I. Yeah. But I could go through a million stories like that that have nothing to do with partnership and are more like I chose this color instead of this color because it felt right. I you know when we walked in this house we were like feels yeah. good. It didn't I mean didn't check every box but it felt good. Well and you know in some of the training that I've done with uh, Jim Detmer and Conscious Leadership Group you know we as parents spent so much time on IQ tests and all blah, blah. EQ and BQ are much more predictive over if, you know, this is is a whole nother podcast of if you want your kid to be successful. And what I mean successful, I mean fulfilled, inspired. If, If you work on their emotional intelligence and their body intelligence and spend a little bit less time on homework and tests and ACT preps and preschool that teaches spelling at three years old, you're, that's how, to, in my judgment, that's how you get your kids to to be a person that 
that you can be very so very proud of. Well, you can be proud of them no matter what, but you can see that. L- let me say this um, quote because this is exactly what you're saying. I think Dr. Uh, Ali Solomon posted this the other day. I can't remember, but I took a screenshot of it because it's ex- saying what exactly you said. If a child can do advanced math, speak three languages, and receive top grades, but can't manage their emotions, practice conflict resolution, or handle stress, none of that other stuff matters. Boom. I mean, drop the mic. It, you can have a kid who is like can do all the grades and got the 31 and is going to the best school. But if they don't know how to manage their internals, if they don't know how to be with people or know themselves, if they don't know how to make choices, how can they present all of that wisdom to the world? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that intelligence isn't important. It means it's the only and I'm saying IQ intelligence. It, it, we're just spending way too much time on that and less time on allowing our kids to develop their inner sense of being, how to be themselves. And I'm gonna, I, I know you're going to read something else, so I'm going to finish with this quote. This was actually, Todd, a um, – do you get those things in your inbox, the, uh, the message from the universe every day? No, I unsubscribe because I get too many emails. Oh, okay. Well, today this is what it was. Ready? It fits this perfectly. And the day will come when all the gold in the world will not appeal to you as much as having just one more day of being who and where you already are with what you already have. Like all that really matters in the end is just being yourself. Like one of the my favorite little, um, you know, parables is, and it is a parable. Obviously, this is, you know, I don't even know where I heard it. It, oh, I actually, I do know I heard it. it was in Mark Nepo's book, Book of Awakening, that, you know, somebody goes up to heaven, Susan, whatever, and Susan gets to heaven, and God said, Susan, why weren't you Susan? Mm. Like, you were all these people, and you tried to be everybody, and you tried to be what everyone wanted you to be, but here you were made like this, but you weren't this. Yeah. You became everything else. And so... Yeah, and the tricky part is when you don't know who you are. Like some people don't even know what their favorite color is. Right. I mean, that's an extreme example, but you are so lost in the fitting in part that you have since forgotten about what it is that you truly do like. And in the in the society where we're attached to our cell phone, it's just so easily be distracted by anything other than your inner voice. That's all. And if with the, I, I love the, um, the favorite color thing because I do this with a lot of my clients asking them this question and there's two parts to this. Number one, feeling what your favorite color is. And then if somebody asks you and you say it's dark brown and someone says, that's ugly, I don't like that. You just say, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter if other people don't like dark brown. Right. It doesn't mean that it shouldn't be your favorite color. That's the, you know, it, this is the challenge. This is the nuance. This is the life practice. Yeah. This is how to be yourself. When I think of dark brown, I think of Obi-Wan's, Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, robe. <clears throat> and I think of um, like my daughter's hair. Mm, but it's not dark brown, is it? Cameron's is. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to check that out. Yeah, since she's your daughter. Yeah. Your hair's dark brown. Is it? Yeah. You used to be blonde. What about my bald spot? It's much better. Yeah. I got a big bald spot in the back of my head. If you guys ever want to see it, let me know. I'll show it to you. Well, I have a picture of it with a smiley face I drew on it. Sweetie, I have a new tagline for ZPR and it's a quote from you on this podcast. Oh, boy. Is it a good one? It's not about your kid. It's about you. That's what that's what this is all about. I know. Um, speaking of that, we do something called Team Zen. What, uh, what's Team Zen? It's a third podcast. 
Isn't it sweet? Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. Actually, literally, if you go to our website, it says at the top podcasts and you click on it and it says Zen Parenting Radio, Pop Culturing, Zen Talks. The problem is you got to subscribe to catch these podcasts. And what the podcast is, it's live Q&A recorded. You ask the questions. We have a discussion about it in a community of like-minded parents. Zero pressure, 100% support. It's a virtual community. We also have a Facebook deal. Um, And the last one we did last week, it was titled Family Dynamics. Summer boredom and money. Those are our three main topics. So for those of you who send us a lot of great questions about your family, this is the way that we can answer those questions because Todd and I get a lot of emails and a lot of questions. And so we created Team Zen so we could support people and give our time and energy and that other people in the community could give their time and energy toward each other. So if you're like, I wish I could ask a question or I wish I had people that I could ask for help, this is this is our our way to do that. And I do really good timestamps, uh, so you can search through all the podcasts and zero in a, on a specific question that you find that like fits into your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I'll say, and I don't know if you're going to get mad at me for saying this, but even if you don't want it, but you want to support us, that's another option. Like some people are like, oh, I love your show. I'd love to support you. I don't know how. Team Zen is one of those ways. Yeah, I mean, it's the truth. that's true. There, there are people who say, I listen all the time. I wish I could do something. And there's nothing you can do. But if you want to like be like a part of our team, yeah. you know what I mean? Join like, the just team. Just join the team. Uh, 25 bucks a month. And you can cancel at any time, by the way. Um, and then lastly, I do coaching. Uh, ToddAdamsCoaching.com. I coach guys, talk about relationships, help you figure out where you want to go and come up with a plan on how to get there. So I would love to fill my schedule up. I got some good openings coming up in the next few weeks. First session is free, so go to toddadamscoaching.com. And um, I don't know, pop culturing, we already talked about that. I didn't get to any of my other quick takes, sweetie. Why don't you do one last quick take, Toddy? You were going to talk about your uh, yourself today. <sighs> I don't know. All right, this is less deep. Okay. I was going to do a deep one about my dad. If my dad fell, I'll do my dad. My dad fell in the driveway yesterday. He's fine. It's just so messed up that as 40 some odd year olds, and I know I'm speaking to a lot of people out there who have parents that are in their 70s or 80s, and a worry is them falling. And I remember as a young man, I never understood why it was a big deal. And now that I'm close to it, and I have parents that can fall and they can hurt themselves. And I always think of like the NFL. The whole idea of the NFL is to get somebody to fall down. And yet now I'm just so scared that somebody might fall down. It's just a weird, like certain human beings, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you can physically destroy each other and your body can be capable. I fell down cement stairs once in like platform shoes. Did you? Yeah. Don't you remember we recreated it? Where were we? We were, it was, uh, it was at my birthday party at Lara's house. Oh, Don't you yes. remember like Kev Dunn's in the picture and he's like yeah, pointing to me rolling do. down the stairs. It hurt. Isn't it so weird that like our physical bodies can handle that. And then when we get old, it might not. Well, we can't, they can't handle it cause they could break, like everything changes. Like your, your bones could break and like breaking a hip causes all right. sorts of other issues. It's you end up in weird, the hospital. It's just a weird worry. Yeah, well, it's it's new, it's not new to me, and it probably isn't that new to you because that was always my fear with my dad. Remember, every time he was climbing the stairs, every yeah. time he fell to yeah. me, um, you know, like I was always wanted him. He didn't use a cane, and then when he used a cane, I wanted him to use a walker. Right. And I mean, I've always worried about you know falling with parents. I was at the beach yesterday. Uh-huh. There's this old guy mm-hmm. that go, his his wife comes every time. My sister told me the story. Mm-hmm. There's an old guy. He's like mid to upper 80s uh-huh. and he goes out on the sailboat and now 
he's basically, he's like, I'm going out. And his wife like goes and supports him, but the lifeguards now help him kind of do everything. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's, he's a man in an old body who still has a young mind. We are, That's what we are. That is me, you know, at the Shawn Mendes concert when he's 19 and I'm like, yay, and screaming and looking at this good looking kid. And I'm like, I could be his grandmother. Mm. Like I am... We are the same, we have the same mind and sense of self and brain, but our bodies age. And I know for some, it'll be like, wah, wah, you know, I'm not, we have to accept that rather than fight against it. Mm -hmm. And we also have to accept what comes with age, which is a lot of beauty and awareness and things we could have never understood in our twenties. Like there is a calmness and a respect for life that I have that I could have never understood right. in my twenties. Right. So I, I am not in the life is crappy when you get old, even though I do know that when your body does start to fail you and all of us have gone through times when our body has failed us in one you know extreme or the other. And then when you get older, your body fails you more and it's difficult. Right. We can't deny that it's not difficult. I know it just sucks. You know, I know Toddy. I don't want to get old. Really? I don't. I mean, but see, it's a privilege too. I know it is here. I'm going to play a song. Oh, this is Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Everybody loves this song. I including know. Including me. Why is this song so special? Because of the words. I got to do Stevie. We Nicks. can all re- relate. <clears throat> Stevie wrote it. Why it's is... Fleetwood Mac's song. Dixie Chicks did it. The Smashing Pumpkins did it. Yes, or was it. it just Billy who did uh, it? Was it was Pumpkins. Yeah. People love Landslide. And is it because of that one? We should have a Landslide meeting. <laughs> You know, we have a joke about that with our friends. How did that start, the landslide meeting? We, uh, it was late one night. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about this song. And we were talking about this song and we We got deep about we it. We couldn't get our arms around <laughs> why people love that song. So we decided to convene the conversation the next morning. We never had the meeting though. We were like, we got to have another meeting about landslide. We have to do that. We got to discuss it. No, I wanted to play more. That's Dixie Chicks again. (laughs) Can't get freaking fleet. Maybe they like blocked it out or something like that. Do you want me to play it from my phone? No, I don't. I don't. Stevie. Fleetwood Mac. I I YouTube Fleetwood Mac lyrics landslide and they just keep giving me. Why are you um, doing the lyrics? Why aren't you just doing like a YouTube video? Because I want to just, just do that one specific part of the song. Hold on, I'm gonna do it. Sweetie, if at first you don't, oh, now it's. There it is. This is for you, Daddy. This for who? Any idea? I couldn't hear it. I took my love and I took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw so. my Oh, she said this is for you, Daddy. Oh, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Oh. She's right next to, uh, what's his name? Lindsay Buckingham. Lindsay Buckingham. And they don't get along anymore. They kind of kicked him out of the tour. Kind of hard to kick the main guy out. I mean, I know he's one of four, but it's like when we went to see Bon Jovi 
and yeah. Richie Sambora wasn't there. We were so confused. I'm just like, stop. I was like, is why Richie Sambora not? Why am not... I here without Richie? I know. And you know what? You know that thing he does during like where it goes, rawr, rawr. he puts that thing in his mouth when they sing yeah, those. Yeah, what song okay, is that? They do it in a few. Um, it's my life. They do it for It's My Life. I know that. And it's like. Is it like a harmonica thing? It's like a thing, and he does he does the sounds through his mouth. And so the other guy was doing like the Richie Sambora mouth sounds, and I was like, this is like a problem. And then, but what I was going to tell you was, that, are you going to play it? Uh, I don't know. Hold on. What is this? That's the wrong thing. Forget it. Just nothing's, find it. Nothing's working. It's my, is that what it's called? It's my life. Well, he uses it in a few of the songs, not just that one. Um, But what I was going to say was I was at Lake of the Ozarks with my girlfriend this weekend and we were at the pool and some dude started to bring down his equipment to play um, some music. And it's basically just him on a guitar and he he has everything on his like, you know, mixer. And he had like a fan blowing his hair and he had, he looked kind of looked like Sammy Hager. You know, we knew we were in for something and he started singing and he pulled out he one of those mouth things and started doing the rare. So to our Zen parenting community, what's the mouth thing? Somebody tell me what that is. I'm going to, I'm going to look it up. That? That. Oh, Richie Zambora is doing it in the video. That's what I said. Oh, I thought Bon Jovi did it. No, I said Richie does it. Oh. And that's why at the concert, it was frustrating because the non-Richie was doing it. Got it. Remember? I do. I do. We're an hour and 10 minutes into this podcast. (laughs) This is important. What are we doing? Because who's doing the mouth thing? And why is Richie not there? And what's the mouth thing called? And what does it do? (laughs) And how does it work? And why isn't Richie at the stupid And why is that guy at Lake of the Ozarks got one and I don't? Can't we all just get along? Why can't Richie and Bon Jovi just get along? I bet they're fine. Maybe he's just not touring anymore, but maybe he's fine. Every team needs a quarterback. That's what Bon Jovi told us. In the Oprah Masterclass. All right, we got to go. Okay. Hey, subscribe to Pop Culturing for goodness sakes. Just, just it's so good. It is so good. Well, I, I like doing it. Do you know what I mean? I, yes, lo- I, I mean, know. I love doing Zen Parenting Radio. Obviously, I've been doing it for eight years, but I enjoy doing Pop Culturing because Todd and I get to talk about things we always talk about besides this stuff. Yeah. We talk about a lot of pop culture. And then we also talk about Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He's a dear friend. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Give him a call, 630-956-1800. Have him paint your kitchen. And then make a podcast studio for you, like he did us. Yeah, he did our podcast studio. Thank you, Jeremy Kraft, Avid Company. Keep trucking. See you guys next uh, Tuesday, but pop culturing this Wednesday. Tomorrow. What's coming out tomorrow? Swingers. Swingers. You're so money, you don't even know it. You're a big bear. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Hey, we just launched our new podcast, Pop Culturing. It's Generation X look at movies, TV with a focus on personal growth and self-awareness. Basically, it's the flip side of ZPR. We break down key moments and little known facts and discuss what it means to be human. It's the podcast we've been searching for so we decided to create it ourselves. Yes. Did you know, Todd, that we have a third podcast? I did not know that. We do. It's called Zen Talks, and it's included with Team Zen membership. You get access to all the Zen Talks, the podcast, and that's we have like 60 and counting, access to a community Facebook page where you can ask us your personal questions, and you have access to a parenting community so you will never feel alone again. 
within teams, then there are smaller groups like raising a differently wired kid or raising teenagers. Just don't do parenting alone. Join Team Zen. Hey, we want to tell you about an exciting weekend workshop we have coming up on October 25th through the 27th at the Majestic 1440 in the California Redwoods near Santa Cruz. For more details, go to uh, zenparentingradio.com. Invite us to speak to your organization or your school about sex ed in the 21st century. It's the most important communication that parents can have with their kids, but it's not happening nearly enough. Email Todd at zenparentingradio.com or go to zenparentingradio.com to submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our other upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. If you ever shop Amazon, you can help us out by going to our Amazon link under support us on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Guys, two things. I have a coaching practice and it's called toddadamscoaching.com. Check it out. And I also have a tribe men's group. And in the past, it's always been um, in person, but we now have a virtual community. We do at least one virtual call a month and it's awesome. Check it out. Go to tribemensgroup.org. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Don't forget to put next year's ZPR conference on your calendar. It's February 28th and 29th. Boom. Um, And finally, Jeremy Kraft, he's a bald head of beauty. He has a company called Avid Painting and Remodeling throughout Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. Thank you, Jeremy. And thanks to all of you listeners for your love and support. And for goodness sakes, just keep on trucking.